This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Obviously, we've changed up this year. There's really no time of day for anybody right now. We're all at a standstill. So while everybody's locked in, I appreciate you all for continuing to stay locked on with us here. Um, we're going to go through the gauntlet here. We're going to get to everybody, you know, with the news that's coming through here. Um, we got to sit down with John Costco today. We're going to sit here with my dear friend, and I'm going to do it, um, on Pandora, on Spotify, Stephen Thomas. <laughs> uh, check out the comedy, guys. Um, you guys know him here, and you guys know him from the timeline at Browns Minecraft, <clears throat> and you know, yes, he's a funny guy, but trust me, you don't know the half of it if you don't truly know Stephen so Stephen Thomas is going to join us here, your local experts for the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Brown-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. First things first. Now, Stephen, obviously, this is, for everybody, it's a difficult period. Um, but, you know, I've been, you know, for some families where you have these kids transitioning, whether it's the last year of elementary school, whether it's the last year of middle school, last year of high school, or even going on for you know, and I know you and your family are going through this and it's really, really difficult. It's, you know, you do everything. You try to give your kids the greatest lives and, and see them go through these accomplishments and climb these ladders to achievements. And then there's things that come out of your control. And, you know, for you, I basically at almost the last rung of the ladder, this is a, it's kind of okay. Cause you get to be dad a little bit again, but B it's, it's just scary shit, dude. Yeah, there's nothing worse than seeing your kids disappointed, um, especially when they've done nothing wrong. I mean, my daughter is supposed to graduate in May, uh, college in May, and already secured a job in her dream field, had an apartment, like was already working there part time for the last few months of her college. I mean, it was just perfect. She busted her ass ever since high school, and it was finally paying off, and then this happened. So, yeah, I mean, she's here. We got her home, which is good. Um, if she was all the way across the country at school while this was all going on, I, would be, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Any parent knows that. But um, And so I'm glad that if this had to happen, she's here. But it's just and, you know, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, woe is me and my problems are worse than everybody else's. There's a lot of people. Uh, we're all going through it, like you said. And there's a lot of people in way more dire straits uh, than I am. But it just it just sucks because you want you want your kids to be rewarded for all the hard work that they've done. So it's uh, it's tough. It, it, it's really tough. But, you know, thus far, we're we're being smart. We're staying in as much as we can. You know, not like. I have a job to go to <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> not most so of us not do. Really that difficult for me, um, but uh, you know we're hanging in. And luckily, the last few days we've had the distraction of uh, of Andrew Barry doing uh, uh, very fun things. Um, we're winning March again. It seems like. Let's hope they get to play in September. Well, yeah, that first thing first. Um, and for if you've heard the John Costco episode, we had all caught up to date. And it was funny because, you know, yesterday I decided to ride solo because um, we're closing in on the end of the Modern Family television series. So I wanted to be there for nine o'clock. Yes, I watch TV like normal people, <laughs> folks. I don't do it the way you all do. So I wanted everything done in the bed so I could chill, relax. And so, of course, I recorded. I was able to get BJ Goodson in. I wasn't able to get Carl Joseph. So we got all that stuff today with John and Andrew Billings. Um, Andrew Berry today added his third former first round pick 
um, and Kevin Johnson. We're going to get to all this here with Steven. Um, and guys, just so you know, it's it's been a hell of a day for Jeff dudes. Whether it was Joseph last night, which doesn't really count because he was kind of everybody's dude. Andrew Billings loved. Uh, Kevin Johnson, huge, huge fan. But we'll get all that. Um, Steven, the week started off here, and it was kind of funny because – it's, you know, well, what do you think? You know, if you come in, whether you're a head coach of an offensive background or a defensive background, what are you pushing your boss to get me what I need? At least get me what I need to do what I got to do. Boom, right off the bat, Austin Hooper, uh, obviously Conklin. Um, you know, whatever you think of Case Keenum, I understand the why of it. It's not, you know, you're going to go, you know, you're going to, you know, Maybe the nerds don't view the, well, we don't view if QB1 goes down, we're effed. Can we find somebody that can do it? God forbid QB1 goes down. Then you get, you know, the fullback who apparently likes to drive pickup trucks, likes bush light, has always got a lipper <laughs> in, and can bench pass, you know, 225 about 30 to 35 times. You hammered all of that out, and that's a nice, nice way to set it all up offensively. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and I don't want this to sound like I'm, especially the first two guys that they signed, like I'm, I'm talking them down or anything. But I think it's, I immediately thought of uh, the line in Miracle where he said, "I'm not looking for the best players; I'm looking for the right ones," and I think that's the absolute best way to to do any roster building. And I, so they've got guys that fit what he wants to do, and I think. I mean, you and I have been yelling about this on this podcast since the Hugh Jackson days. We have people telling us, oh, you got to get guys, put people in position to do what they do well. And if you can get people to do what they do well, that also is what you like to do as a coach and a play caller. Well, that's just gold right there. I think the the the, the most fun thing for me and also the thing that's uh, taken us aback, we were talking about this off air just a little bit is the price range that, that a, a lot of this has been coming in because, you know, uh, Jack, uh, Conklin's been, you know, the number one topic for what, a month and a half, two months in Brown's Twitter. And the biggest knock that I had was I, it's going to cost too much. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind adding him, but, you know, the numbers, you remember, they were getting thrown around 17, 18, maybe 20 million, you know. And at that okay, price, 60 I was guaranteed, like, 50 guaranteed, crazy, yeah, insane numbers. And, and this wasn't from, you know, some rando on Twitter. This was like people that are plugged in, you know, the, the, the people that we normally follow and, and they're, they're close on this kind of stuff in the NFL. And so at that price, we were like, well, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He'd be a nice fit, but that's just too much. When they said, uh, you know, what is it, 14? I was like, wow. And when they got Hooper, so Hooper was the same thing. I immediately dismissed Hooper from my mind because I was like, you know, they were talking about him at 13, 14, 15 million. And I was like, I just, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I just don't think. So I, I was looking, you know, down the line and then I was looking, you know, I was hot on Devin Asiasi in the draft and the late and, and all that. I was really digging the, the day three uh, tight end guys that we could, that I thought would be steals. You get them at 11 or just under 11. I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me right now. And I was like, wow. And now the, the defensive guys here in the last few days, they're all one-year deals, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. I mean, if anybody out there did, you are smarter than I did because, I, I mean, it's great from the team standpoint because you get to bring them in. Most of them are just coming off their rookie contract, and, you know, they, they could, 
you know, explode or they could fizzle out. So a one-year deal is perfect from the team standpoint. But normally those kind of guys, especially Andrew Billings, Andrew Billings is the one that shocked me the most. Somebody like him, 24 years old, um, some people are saying he's, he's at minimum a rotation guy. I think he's ready to bust and be to bust out and be, you know, really, really strong. And a guy like that coming out of, you know, especially coming out of a place like Cincinnati, he normally wants to cash in, you know, at least three years for, you know, middle of the market to maybe upper third of the market, you know, not Demarcus Lawrence type money or, or, you know, Andrew Aaron Donald type money, that kind of stuff. But, you know, a, a solid, you know, three years, 18 million, something in that range is normally what you would think. They got him for one year at, I'm just going to go ahead and say it pretty much bottom of the market price. That is, I, I'm, I'm taken aback at all. I like it. I like it a lot, but I'm taken aback at, at all the deals that they've been able to put together for just one year, because then, it tells me two things. One, we're going to see a lot of defense in the draft. And two, there's no must, no fuss at the end of this year. If, if you know, if Billings does come in bust out, like I think he's going to, they're going to have, you know, they got guys coming off the books next year. They're going to be able to pay him, you know, a really good uh, contract if they, if he wants to stay and they want him to stay. If he comes in, blows out his knee or, you know, doesn't play well or, you know, whatever, whatever reason it doesn't go well. They're out, you know, with no dead money, nothing, anything like that. And, and they have probably drafted one or two guys to come in behind him. And they've trained, you know, with the Kim and Sheldon and Larry for a year. So uh, they're really putting themselves in a good uh, in a good spot for this upcoming year on the defensive side. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to give Pete some props here. He said uh, they set a foundation on offense and opened up a temp agency on defense. And that's the perfect way. That's a great analogy, and, and I think it's really going to work out well for them. Uh, it, it's been fun to see it unfold, and because you know, obviously, you know, it went all offensive, and then everybody all with the defensive side of the ball, and you know, the two hundred and seventy-five linebackers that were worth a grain of salt essentially, you know, were gone. Um, and y- you see moves, and you know, I remember literally tweeting, "Why are people doing?" the Ravens a favor, you know, like, and we always go through right. this. Why are people doing the Patriots a favor and making things easier when these moves seem like, but I almost think like, I kind of thought that with like Conklin, like I, I got to think there's like a couple of people in some front offices were like, yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. where we were in on this. Um, you know, like the, the Jets, unless it was, I just don't want to go play for the New York Jets. The Jets who have had a boatload more money than Cleveland, you know, was somebody there like, well, wait, well, wait, wait that's all it was going to take. Right. <laughs> it just seems weird from that standpoint. And, you know, and like you and Pete was even like kind of joking on Monday and he was like, well, it, you know, everybody's really excited for the early tampering period to begin tomorrow. No, it, it did start Monday. It didn't seem like everybody was totally with it. Um, Hooper and, you know, everybody with the, with the highest paid. Yeah, it's going to be highest paid for a hot second um, because right, right. now there's agents going, all right, every year. set. Let's go every to town. Year. But he's the guy that literally he. he the draft we've been looking, Stephen. We've been looking since September, um, and then when we knew what the coaching staff was and what this offense was, we've been going through it. And it was well, this guy maybe on day three, one day could be that guy, right? Um, well, Kevin Spansky didn't have time to wait around for a third, uh, you know, a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick to one day be that guy, right? Um, so the one guy that was there, you were aggressive about it. It's I, you know, he's the one where they actually kind of paid light early and going to pay him more towards the end. Right. Uh, whereas everybody is kind of more up front. It was a little different the way with Hooper was done up and the Keenum thing, you know, I, I just like the Keenum thing from, you know, if you've got the money, 
And, you know, Keenum can, you know, and you wonder if there's maybe, again, going to be maybe too many voices in Baker's head. Um, but look, you know, this is now a guy that's won games. He's played in an NFC championship game. You can't say that about Drew Stanton. You can't say that about Baker's buddy, Gilbert. Um, this is one guy, look, dude, I've been there. All right. I mean, you know, I, I've been to these games. Um, I know the offense. So there is that, you know, direct, you know, from the head coach to. Right. That's what, the key. I think. The second string quarterback about knowing it. I, I, I think it's an underlying, it's an, it's being overlooked and the other good thing about it is is we always talk about this it's not like chase daniel where i want you to wear that baseball cap and wear that baseball cap of every second if god for god forbid something were happen i'm not saying he has the natural arm strength that baker mayfield does but he does come in here and start spewing out verbiage and people are going to listen because he's going to know what the hell he's talking about yeah, and I think that the, the, you hit on the two key points there. One is it's there may be a lot of voices in Baker's head, but they're all going to be saying the same thing, and that's key. It, you need unity for a guy, especially after you know what we have learned was going on in that locker room last year. How you know just basically utter chaos it was for a young guy, um, and you know he bears some of the responsibility in that. Of course he does. He needs to be better, and he knows that. And I think he's I. I honestly think he, he learned that lesson, but the fact that everyone who is talking to him will be telling him the same thing. That is very, very key reinforcement from, a, from people who know, from people who understand, you know, and Keenum. And the other thing he said that you said that I totally agree with was, I mean, last year we said, uh, and I still believe this wholeheartedly, if six goes down for good, it doesn't really matter. But last year, if he went down for more than a game, everything would have been screwed. You know, I mean, this year, let's say, I don't know, you know, a uh, sprained shoulder or something like that. And it's three to four. Or weeks. even the Pittsburgh game, guy, the Pittsburgh game last year, where he had to reset his finger. And we weren't sure he was coming back. Right. Exactly. And it was over if he didn't, I mean, there was just no way with Keenum, at least, I mean, no, he's not Baker Mayfield. He's not a, I don't think he's a starter level guy. If he was, he'd be freaking starting somewhere, but He's a top end backup, which is what you want. A guy like, you know, five years ago, you would have said, or four or five years ago, you would have said about that, about, uh, you know, like Brian Hoyer. He can come in and win you two or three games. He can hold things together if it's a two-week injury or, you know, maybe up to four or something like that. You don't want you don't want to play in 12 games or something like that. But if, if Baker goes down for three games, four games, and you're in, you can still challenge for the playoffs if that's what you think is going. So it, it was the contract a little much. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But if you wanted this, that, that tells me how important they think it was. They're willing to overpay just a little bit in this key area to make sure that their prize, you know, possession gets everything he needs because, and Jake has said this a bunch of times, our, our good friend, Jake Burns, the rest of it is all great, and it is. It's super nice what they've done in free agency. They've, you know, there's they've got some young pieces, that, and everything else is it's that's all wonderful. But it's all unbaked this year. We need to find out is is 2018 baked real or is 2019 baked near? Now I think it's 2018 baked, and last year was just a clusterfuck from the top down. But he still needs to go out and prove it. We have to see it, you know, and. So if he comes out this year and does what we all think he's capable of, I think this team is going to be a lot better than a lot of people think it's going to be. Um, but if he comes out and, you know, lays a, a, an egg again, then the rest of the 
it really doesn't matter everything else that they've done uh, with uh, uh, with the roster because you know they drafted him number one overall. That's a guy you think you can win you a Super Bowl. You know, and if he's got to go out and prove that, I mean, I'm not saying he has to go out and win it this year, but he has to go prove that he is that guy this year because if he goes out and has another stinker this year i we're, i think we're back in the quarterback market again next year um and you know and this is well I, I i agree with you on if it goes wrong but i think the issue was and you know stories from players tell jarvis you know the arizona week um odell the week 16 against the ravens i think what you had is you know you had players saying bro we know this we know better. This is now where it's at the tipping point because it, it just becomes of look, we've played this game. We've all, you know, and to be, you know, a solid elite NFL player, you most likely played it since you were eight years old. And when you see terrible things being called fourth and 11 draws, or, you know, can we re review that? I really want you to take a, and I always go back to a few good men. Um, Your Honor, I strenuously object. You know, and that was like what Freddie was doing. Dude, just call a freaking play. Who cares whether or not the call was right? Let's go. Because everybody's standing around for a minute and a half. All right, well, now we – and guess what? You ran the same freaking play. It was like there was so much stuff that was like almost sophomoric on its level. It was embarrassing. Um, well, that's the, I, that's the I'm thing about it. I'm assuming we're not going to get that. Right, exactly. And and that's, that's key because everybody says, oh, you just got to get, you know, better players. And that's true to an extent, but – something happened my daughter's college volleyball team when she was a freshman one of the other freshmen uh was kind of having an attitude uh or in preseason practice and this one of the seniors started you know hey what what's wrong with you i don't remember the exact uh situation but the she said something about oh well i was all conference you know in high school and the senior looked at her and went we were all all conference in high school that's why we're here at a d1 program and it's the same type of mindset when you get to the NFL. The worst player in the NFL is a really fucking good football player. Everybody can play. The difference is the organization, the coaching, the preparation, the mental part. It's the stuff Monday to Saturday that separates 13 and 3 from 10 and 6 and separates 10 and 6 from 2 and 14. There's really not that much talent different there is i'm not saying everybody's exactly the same there is talent but it's not as great as a lot of people want to make it out to be it's that preparation part and the coaching and the support and from what we learned after the fact like you said about what was going on the fact that they still won six games is actually kind of amazing if you think about it and the fact that they're opening drives on offense, how good did they look for the most part? And then in brief spurts in other spots, I mean, it, it was there. It was. It just had no support, and then it snowballed in on itself. And like you said, I don't think we're going to get that this year. I think, uh, you know, the shared vision and and everything else. You know, as long as the guy at the top keeps his fingers out of the pie, I think they've got a good group in place, and they're still. A lot of talent in key spots on this team. And now here the last few days, we're seeing them, you know, at least shore up the soft spots. So I, I think we're in for some fun this fall. Um, obviously, you know, we, winning in March is no guarantee of anything. But I think I hear a lot of people saying, oh, six and ten again, eight and eight's the best we can do. I, I, I don't 
I don't see that. I really think 10 wins and challenging for a playoff spot, if, you know, assuming health and, and all that kind of stuff, I don't think it's unreasonable. I, I really don't with the move. If they handle the draft the way they've handled the last few days of free agency, I'm going to be even more confident. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, and with, you know, as this collection of talent, because that's what you would call it to this point, you're not going to call it a team, you're not going to call it anything successful. Um, they've all kind of had, you know, like been broken a little bit. Obviously, Baker, yes. obviously, Miles Garrett, um, Odell and Jarvis now together, you know, broken together. Neither one of them had much success solo. And now it's more of a, and when you're going to get to people in the room that who are going to talk and, People of this age who, and we always talk about Stephen Er, 10 times more intelligent than we were at that age, are going to listen as opposed to the guy with a gut and a couple of few, you know, cute quips every now and then. Um, mm. we got to sneak this in here. <laughs> um, I appreciate everybody, the, um, the Google News hits. If you have the Google Home or Alexa, whatever, play me the latest Cleveland Browns news, you'll get me in shorter spurts, five minutes, one minute, obviously taking you through all the factual stuff here over the last couple of days. Um, appreciate you there on that. And obviously everybody's home looking for an outlet. Um, glad I could be that part of it. But Google Home, the Google News hits, please, and make sure you are checking those out as well. Um, we will get to this one. It's funny. Um, it, it, I was going to tell Stephen the story, but sometimes we get talking too much uh, pre-show. We actually have to get to the show. But I do thank the <laughs> conference for all of a sudden taking away the time limit. Um, I'm assuming they're doing this, obviously, with every business that is not like this. Um, years ago, it's a rainy Saturday. It was a great slate of college football that day. And my wife, I was up like six. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I think soccer might be canceled today. I wanted soccer to be canceled that day. It was a great slate of college football. I wanted to be home. And call came in soon thereafter. Yes, no soccer for the day. So I'm watching Florida State dismantle Wake Forest. Much great bunch of games that day, and my wife's sitting there. And who's this number nine guy wearing white, cornerback for Wake Forest? He looks like he should be playing for Florida State. And I'm watching, and I was like, "Damn, I was like, baby, you're right. He's <laughs> lockstep with almost every player on Florida State. That player is Kevin Johnson. Brown signed him today. At the time, Kevin Johnson was a no name. Um, I come through the following Monday. I get like Matt Miller and reaching out. Nobody knew much about him, so I spent that Monday morning. Uh, sorry, pops, that's what I did that Monday morning. I was watching a lot of Kevin John, Kevin Johnson, but um, you can't do anything <laughs> about it from where you're at right now, big guy. Um, Kevin Johnson was a player. He physical, sticky corner, um, little undersized. Um, Kevin Johnson continued to grow. Um, you know, he was one of the guys that kind of got chastised by Phil Steele at the Senior Bowl. Oh, well, he should really be here. Kevin Johnson hadn't played a football game in six weeks by the time the senior bowl came around. His camp was like, bro, we are 100% focused on the combine. We're not sending you down there to play football. Went to the combine, ran a four or five flat, got invited to the draft, got drafted in the top 20 to the Houston Texans. And, you know, obviously played for the Buffalo Bills last year. I was clamoring for him last offseason. Um, so I was excited about this one. And it, it's fun when you've got these type of guys that you follow for so long and Carl Joseph's one and obviously Andrew Billings, but this is part of the fun of what we do here. And, you know, it, 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 there's even times, Stephen, where you bring up a guy like seven years ago. I, I love this guy back then. Jeff, if he still has a knee, if they were able to surgically repair all those <laughs> ligaments, I'm interested in kicking the tires. Yep. 
Yeah, it's fun to see uh, uh, to see guys that you've wanted for so long uh, uh, come in. I mean, it would have been nice if we could have got Trey Boston. We've been banging the drum on that one uh, for three straight years. I banged the drum on Sheldon Richardson for three straight years. He finally came in, and now you know we're getting Billings. We're getting uh, you're getting Kevin Johnson, um, and and I like he's one of those guys that um, my guess is he's going to play uh, a lot of uh, on the outside. But, you know, I, I certainly don't know the, the fact that he gives them the versatility to do either. You know, I love guys with versatility on the defensive side of the ball because um, then you can you can hide things. You can confuse the opposing offense. The fact that you can never have too many corners and he's a guy who can do both ends of it. He tackles well uh, and, and, you know, run support well. And uh, also, is, like you said, very can be very, very sticky in coverage. Uh, gets dinged up every so often because, uh, you know, he throws his body around. But um I, I don't see any downside uh, to this signing. I really like him. I like the fact that he's been in the league for a while and we do, we have the two young corners that can, you know, still learn. They need somebody like that to teach them, uh, uh, you know, how, how things are different in the league and, and how to prepare. Like I said, Monday to Sunday or uh, Monday to Saturday. Um, and I, I would not be surprised if there's an uh, signing later, excuse me, in free agency uh down and or uh if they take somebody uh earlier than a lot of people think uh come draft day i would i would not i would not be surprised if one of those third round picks uh ends up being a corner if someone drops um that they like a lot or you know maybe at 115 they could go grab a reggie robinson uh, out of tulsa or a harrison hand i like harrison hands value at 115 uh out of temple quite a bit um, but, uh, yeah, it's fun to see a guy like that, especially for you, you know, you've got a history with the guy, uh, it makes you feel like, uh, you know, doing the, uh, the John Travolta walk and just <laughs> doing a little crowing around. Popping the collar. Day Boom. The yeah. Behind Don't the hit the hair. I will hot up <laughs> my hair and you hit it. You know, that's, that's Jeff when Kevin Johnson got signed everybody. But, uh, yeah, it's, Hard it's coffee. just another one that I like everything they've done so far you know i i there's not one guy i mean goodson is i i mean he i he's, he may be one of those guys they see something that none of the rest of us do um and i don't hate it let me you know clarify that real quick but it wasn't like it was like okay whatever you know it doesn't doesn't really move the needle very much um but everything else i'm like okay yeah good fills a need at a good price uh, and Kevin Johnson's another one of those, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, if he comes in and breaks out and has a killer year this year, maybe he gets himself a nice three, four year deal uh, in the next off season. The thing with Johnson, which makes it interesting, interesting. And I've spoke to you about this and I've spoken to Pete about this is with Denzel Ward, look, as fantastic as he is, there's going to be weeks where this team goes and plays teams where the biggest pain in the ass is going to be the guy in the slot. Right. So if that's going to be the case, and now you have Greedy, who you're not going to move inside, Kevin Johnson can do, obviously has the versatility. But there could be weeks, and um, you know, I, I'll use this player, and obviously the Browns are not scheduled to play the Patriots next year, and obviously the Patriots are going to be crazy different. But if it was, you know, Philip Dorsett, and it was Nikhil Harry, and it was Julian Edelman, well, why don't you just take Denzel Ward and say, well, take care of eleven. Right. I think we can handle between underneath and you know uh, you know behind. Go take care of this dude. 
And let's go, let's at least find a way to erase what is the biggest threat. And if you're looking at it through an analytic lens, maybe lens, maybe it's possible. But there may be weeks, and it's not a knock on Denzel by any means whatsoever. It's just saying this is how stinking really good you are. And you know, we, we all agree he is a tad bit undersized at corner. It's not affected him to this point. But you know, maybe their thinking thought process is well, okay, well, here's a guy we can bump out and we'll just have Denzel what is take care of what is the dirty work of the stinking week and let him go do what you know and it's you know it, there's no difference if it's man on man and chasing a guy around for you know 40 50 yards or whatever it doesn't matter where you start it matters how it finishes yeah options i mean you know that's that's what versatility gives you and this is with edge guys who can rush in and drop this is with linebackers who can do all the things that linebackers can do and with guys like this who could and I'm not saying they're going to or they even should. You could even drop him back and play in, you know, deep, you know, zone in, in a sort of a pseudo free safety type thing. You know, guys that can what we thought Randall was going to be coming into last year because the year before he did, he played some free safety and then he came down and played some corner stuff. Guys that give you the opportunity to I call it like amoeba the defense, you know, the you can shift everybody around and, and the offense is confused. If you can create even 0.5 seconds of confusion for the quarterback, the wide receiver, or the offensive lineman, that's the difference in the NFL between winning a play and losing a play, or, you know, you know potentially winning a game or losing a game. And if you have guys that can do all kinds of stuff, they can't look from the other sideline and go, okay, well, you know, these guys are in, we know what, you know, there's two coverages, they run out of that and, and that's it. You know, you could throw all three of those guys out there, plus, a, you know, a safety and, you know, a linebacker who can who can cover, you know, Mac Wilson can can drop and cover and that kind of stuff. And they have no idea what you're going to do. So they can't scheme specifically play by play against you with a bunch of guys who are versatile and give you that flexibility on defense. And Kevin Johnson's certainly one of those guys. Um, you know, and it's something you're looking forward to having, uh, you know, obviously, um, and then Carl Joseph is just a fun one. Um, and I'm trying to explain to people here. This is what you're hoping he gives you what Jabril Peppers was in year two. It's it's not the deep thing. It's around the line of scrimmage. And sure. we'll see with another signing or two what they maybe think of Sheldrick Redwine. But he's just a heat-seeking pain-in-the-ass missile. And this is probably why he's missed some games because of the fact that he's ultra, ultra-physical. Um, but you know, it, there's going to be times where you're going to watch games or you're going to watch even preseason games and, oh my God, who made that hit? And most of the times guys, it's going to be, it was Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Those are I mean, the guys it was, that, uh, it was um, Joseph. that the dog pound is going to love. Those are the guys that, you know, everybody out there that watches football knows those hits where you, you make this sound when you watch it, you go, Oh, that's those are the kind of guys that the dog pound loves. And, you know, Carl Joseph is is certainly one of those guys. He's going to be a favorite. Um, they're going to be woofing his name from the uh, from that end of the stadium for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, one more signing here. Um, just coming in real quick. Uh, Jojo Natson, one year, million dollar, one million, one year, one million dollar deal from the Rams. Uh, we'll do a little homework, a little bit familiar, but not overly uh, familiar and uh you know it's it, the funniest part about this Stephen is it's like okay this positional group gets a guy that positional group gets a guy that positional group gets a guy. they are literally they are like the good school teacher right now where everybody's getting a little bite of the apple 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been saying they need to bring somebody in. The, the return game was a disaster last year, and they need to bring somebody in to be that third or fourth or fifth, depending on what you want to be, uh, what you want to say, a wide receiver to at least compete for it. Um, and it's a low cost one year deal. I mean, we're just getting the, uh, uh, the information here. And so again, if it, if it doesn't work out, it's no must, no fuss. Uh, but it, do, it means they don't have to try to force, you know, a wide receiver at some point in the draft. Although I know we both would like for them to find a way to get one. Cause it's such a great class. Um, but, uh, yeah, after next year or you know, at worst the year after one of those two giant contracts in the, uh, in the wide receiver room is probably coming off the books. So they need to start now, uh, trying to find somebody who can replace that or at least some of the production. Well, I mean, you know, we'll get to the draft stuff here in a second, but even with the wide receiver position, you may not have to draft one and still get a guy that yes. probably going to be worth his weight, so to speak. Uh, let's just sneak this in here. Um, Guys, uh, you know, I talk about this. Uh, obviously, Brian Zabo and his company, ZaboApparel.com, at ZaboApparel on Twitter, at ZaboApparel on Instagram. Um, if anybody understands small businesses and what's going on right now, it's me. I do. Um, so this is why I'm going to continue to push this. Um, it's great gear. It's a quality product. And it is done from the heart. It's done from a passion for this franchise, for this city, for their sports teams. So you're looking for good stuff. You're looking for apparel to add Zabo, S-Z-A-B-O, ZaboApparel.com. I understand not everybody does, but if you're looking, go ahead, Zabo Apparel. Now, Stephen, and this should be the juxtapose of our conversation here. Um, we plow through these mock drafts, and we do them all the time. And, and they're wild. And I know you started in September. Tackle, oh, they're, they're terrible. They're trash. Throw them out, and that guy will never <laughs> be there. That will never happen. <laughs> but it's, you know, for a long, long time, it was tackle, tackle, or it better be tackle in the first three picks. This opens up so much more flexibility, even tight end. Hell, you might not even have to draft one now. You have obviously Austin Hooper. You have Farrell Brown, who's looks to be kept in the fold for now. And the one thing he did bring was some blocking ability. You have Najoku. You have Carlson. That's four right there. I'm not saying there's not going to be more, but you maybe they don't necessarily have to chase that. You maybe are not – I mean, right tackle's good for the time being. You want to take a developmental guy? Sure. Possibly do that with the depth of this group as well. Um, but it opens it up here. And there, we're, we'll see the way their linebacker approach will go in the draft. You know, could there be a possibility of a linebacker at 41? Or are they just going to say, we're just going to continue to file in guys that can play the position, which means day three or so. Um, you obviously, you know, you have a safety, you have a corner in here, um, still looking true nickel. And I know there's a name both of us love as far as that goes here. Um, but this has changed things a lot here because at, at least as far as killed one of two needs tight end, you killed that primary need there. Um, linebacker, the way they keep painting these pictures and God bless. Joe and everything, you know, and obviously they're going to move on and we'll see Joe this year. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's something they're putting great value into now, eventually signing a defensive tackle. Uh, I hope Pete has stopped hemorrhaging because he's been yelling about this for almost two calendar years now. So at least there's something done of significance there. But for me, the way I'm looking at it is it's maybe left tackle at 10 
And I don't even know if they draft another offensive player the way it currently stands. It's very possible. I've been running through uh, since, you know, since the Conklin signing on, uh, on the various, you know, mock draft machines and looking at it. And it, it's like you said, it opens up so many fun possibilities for those day two picks. Cause you know, after 10, they have four more top. Uh, well, I, I say top hundred picks, 115, you know, once 95 to 115. Once the comps are in, yes, you're right. There's not a lot of difference. Those are, those are guys that you either think they've fallen or they're, you know, really uh, a strong day three guy. They're all in that same range. So at, at any rate, um, yeah, tackle at 10. And then after that, I mean, you like you said, if, if, a, if you think a wide receiver uh, is needed, then at those day two picks, you could make a case. I probably wouldn't do it at 41, but you could make a case for it. Um, but 74 and 97, there's certainly guys in that range. At least we all think they're going to be in that range, uh, that you could easily make a case for. And a lot of that will have to do with, with Jarvis's injury. It depends on how he's coming back. If he's ahead of schedule, they may push it off a little further. If he has complications and is going to miss, you know, most of camp or half the season or something like that, then it becomes a little more urgent, but uh, without having to do tight, I wouldn't draft a tight end, uh, with their current crop of picks from this class uh unless Devin Asiasi is there at 244 that would that I would do um but other than that yeah where else are you going to go unless you know unless you're thinking about you know training a guy at center for two more years uh for JC but that that seems like an extravagant pick to me I think we're going to see tackle at 10 assuming their guy is there and I think he's going to be um and then after that I mean if they don't sign a deep safety 41 seems like the spot um for that uh and then with 74 and 97 right now you've got linebackers in that range that i know we both like depending on which board you look at you've got jordan brooks you've got willie gay you've got logan wilson uh malik harrison troy die i mean there's a bunch of guys if they're looking at linebacker but like you said it seems like they're moving to more of those you know uh uh Linebacker, <laughs> strong, strong safety type guys to sort of, you know, they're moving away from the traditional line, what we think of the, as a traditional linebacker. That remains to be seen. I could be dead wrong, but that seems to be the way their actions are, are saying that they're going uh, for Joe Woods's defense. Um, but y- you could go, there are some edge guys, and I know I like some edge guys better than you. Uh, there are interior defensive line guys. I think they need one more for sure. They've done a good job, but I mean, if, you know, uh, if they like a Laurel Murchison or a Davin Hamilton or something like that, or if Jordan yep. Elliott, I don't, I don't know why Jordan Elliott is so low on some of these boards. I really don't. I think he's early day two, uh, uh, pers- personally, but if he's there at 74 or 97, I would snap him up in a heartbeat. Um, you got corners in that range. If, if, if Bryce Hall's injury causes people uh, to be skittish on him and he's there, I would be totally happy with him. Uh, at 74, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways they can go, but I'm with you 100%. I, I could easily do a draft, a mock draft, with tackle at 10, and then the rest is all defense. I, it seems unlikely that they wouldn't take at least one guy somewhere, but you could easily make a case for it for sure. I mean, maybe you move down um, you know, in, in some capacity, and that opens up the board a little bit. Sure. Um, but And we're still, you know, nickel cornerback might be the guy. Um, and there's a certain guy we love at a Louisiana Tech, and oh, he is the tip. He is the typical 
don't tell him how small he is because yeah. he's almost like the guy who drank too much and he's going to go spend the night telling the Italian guy who's six foot eight, 290 pounds with the gold chain around his neck. I will take you outside and I will kick your ass. Exactly. And then he'll do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and there's a couple guys that are tech that are listed as safeties, but everybody that I see all the draft minds that I trust, like a, Terrell Burgess or even uh, 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 the Gidry kid out of uh, Utah, they're saying that they're more, they're going to play the slot uh, more than anything else. So uh, there's a lot of possibilities, but yeah, Amik is a guy that, again, that's another dog pound guy. They would just love him, you know, because he's feisty and, and just takes nothing off nobody. There's a guy late. um, uh, His uh, production profile is really good, which Pete uh, should like. And his athletic profile is really good. Um, but he seemed to have got lost in Jace Whitaker out of uh, Arizona. He's, you know, 200 or below on most of the boards that I've seen. And he's another guy, sort of a uh, free safety slot corner hybrid type guy like that, that I would be very interested in if he's around at those later picks. Um, yeah, the slot corner, uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not up on uh, on Miles Bryant like you are, but I wouldn't hate it. I think he's too small to be honest. But uh, yeah, if they can get a meek at that 97 or 115, you know, that I, I'm, I'm totally down for that. Well, the thing with a meek is we're not going to get anything true on him anyway, obviously with the way this process is going, which always makes for you know, just a weird draft process that is. And, you know, uh, you know how the draft is going to be covered, uh, whether it's here on Uber conference or Google Hangouts or um, maybe the helmet phones are going to be brought back, Stephen. Who I knows, think they should but, do that um, regardless. Well, that's just smart. Because um, even, <laughs> even still, no. But look at it. Even if you just did it, there'd be people who just bought it because they remember. <laughs> so you can—I mean, literally—you can sell these freaking things. I remember trying to buy one years ago, and I was actually talking with a collector in Denver, Colorado. He's like, "Dude, do you ever get your hand on one? Let me know, please. Absolutely. Let me know. Let me know where you got it." We so are that guy. Remember when to... they used to give those and the football phone away with your subscription to sports illustrated you're old enough to remember that remember that absolutely that was my favorite (laughs) christmas gift every year the young people that thought we were dorks before they really think we're dorks now so oh i don't think we actually did anything to ever hide this um luckily we can cover (laughs) it up with some banter uh Uh, steve we're gonna start to put a bow on this one here um all right in your opinion, other than Tom Brady, what was the biggest fist under the chin huh, moment of this week so far? Um, I'm going to go back to something I talked about before, just the price range for, for some of these guys. Um, if you had told me, and we, you know, we talked about this off air a little bit, if you had told me a month ago that Conklin was $14 million and not $19, 20000000 million, that dramatically changes the conversation, um, and w- and it would have changed my you know my personal um, uh, research and homework and stuff because you know this isn't well it is my job now but it, it's not <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> been my job until my job went away here recently um, and so I only had like a limited I had a very finite amount of time to devote so I had to sort of target my research to, you know, I don't think they're going to be looking at this position, so I won't even read about those guys or that kind of stuff. And so I devoted an inordinate amount of my research to, you know, both sides of the tackle position. And had I known that they, they you know, they get Conklin at, at, for $14 million, 
I could have saved myself a ton of time and, and, and looked and Hooper <laughs> at 11 too. You know, I would, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't know who Devin Asiasi was at this point, to be perfectly honest, if I had known that. So that for me has been, and there's been a few things that have been out of whack, but for the most part across the league, it hasn't been just the Browns. I, unless I'm, you know, misremembering, there's been a lot of deals where, like you said, really, that's it for that guy? Huh. You know, and, and I'm wondering if that is the trade uh, holdup for a guy like Trent Williams, too, because, you know, people were talking about at least a first round pick and blah, 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 blah. And then like a week ago, we heard they'd be willing to start at a two and maybe take a three. Maybe they're not even getting that, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying the Browns should trade for him. What I'm saying is that would be under that same umbrella that the price is is much lower than uh, many of us anticipated out here. And well, and, and one thing in, in reaching out to some people here in uh, the last you know, few hours, um, one of the biggest things with Trent Williams and, you know, JD, uh, Jadavian Clowney is another one is, is this whole, you know, physical thing. And that's yeah. an issue here right now with the way the country is and everything that's going on, um, which makes it tough. I mean, you know, for a lot of it, I mean, you know, you're essentially, you know, Jadavian Clowney is one story. Trent Williams is a little bit different. I mean, you're talking cancer and, you know, other things that, that nature. So, you know, as far as, you know, basically paying sight unseen, that makes it very, very difficult. Um, and just part of what we're going through here, uh, Steve, uh, and to the ladies in your life, um, when we're done, we're about to be done here. So get up, sanitize, have a nice meal, enjoy (laughs) having the two women in there. Um, and this is one thing we deal with, um, as much chaos as it is, um, it's nice because, you know, you know, you had a brother. I had a bunch of brothers. You don't get called dickhead when you're around a bunch of ladies. You get called a bunch of other things. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's nice to have them around and, and you know, appreciate it. It's, it's good from that standpoint, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's been – the circumstances suck, but uh, any parent will understand when I say it's – it's always good to have your family under one roof. Um, and uh, I, I cherish every second because I know there's not many of these left. She's whenever this is over, she's an adult and she's got her own life and it's on the other side of the country. And I'm, I'm thrilled for her. You know, I would never stop her for my own personal reasons, but I'll miss her. Um, so, yeah, uh, when you are at home, when you're locked in, out there, folks, wherever you are around the country, you know, try and find the good things. Uh, I know you're going to drive each other crazy, um, but uh, try and f- remember that this these are the good times with your family. These are the – when your family – the older you get, the more important family becomes to you. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, I would agree with you. And to everybody out there, just just listen to the fucking – doctors okay don't listen to your aunt on facebook who heard from her friend whose brother saw something on tv okay if the doctors and the scientists say something that's what it is be smart stay home unless you absolutely have to wash your hands don't touch shit if you do go out like when i go out if i have to go out and go to the grocery store or you know what have you as soon as i come back the clothes I had, not only do I sanitize the steering wheel and my hands and, and all everything else, the clothes come off and go in the wash. I get in the shower, uh, you know, be smart about everything. Don't leave shit out. You know, we can do this, but only if we are all smart enough to do it. Don't be like those spring break idiots that I know everybody saw 
uh, on Twitter yesterday because it's not about the doors you. aren't open. It's, it's about who you will infect. Okay, just because you're not going to die doesn't mean you're going to not going to give it to somebody else, and then they're going to give it to their elderly parents, and then their parents are going to die because you had to go on a pub crawl. Don't be a fucking idiot. All right, this is serious. Be smart about. It. Don't panic, but be smart about it. And just just do what. Listen to the doctors and the scientists. Okay, not your politicians, not everybody else. Be smart. Amen. And I'm to the point now where my hands actually look fucking sunburned from the amount of hot water that's been going on <laughs> them over the past few days. Um, and that's it, guys. Look, everybody, be safe, be smart. Um, it's all about a greater good. And look, there's going to be some sad numbers that roll here through here. Um, if you don't want to be a statistic, be fucking smart. Like Stephen said, I will say this. Um, make sure you're following Stephen at Brown's Mock Draft on Pandora, on Spotify, Stephen Thomas. I believe he comes up as artist. Really? Artist? Is that what it came <laughs> up at? Artist? Well, you know, poop joke uh, artist. Fart joke teller, I guess, doesn't equate, right? <laughs> oh, I might as well do a little, a tiny little plug here. I'm not going to get into the details, but I am very, Go very close. It, to finishing my next comedy CD. And since I have no paycheck coming for the foreseeable future, I'm hoping, knock on wood, to drop that on CD Baby uh, uh, this weekend. I'm gonna, it's going to be like five bucks, and I'm going to donate part of it to a, a charity you know, the, of my choice. Um, hopefully that will be coming out, so watch for me on that. Uh, I'll mention it on the Browns Mock Draft account, but that, I try to keep most of that stuff on my uh, uh, Stephen, uh, at 15, Stephen 15. Uh, comedy account over there and i'm sure jeff you know you're always so kind to me and retweeting that stuff into your timeline but um i'm hoping to sell at least enough of those to get through the next month of bills and that kind of stuff so that's coming hopefully by tomorrow but if not at least by the end of the weekend and you know since everybody's in their house looking for shit to watch and listen to hey you know uh, <laughs> uh here you go hopefully you at least find some of it funny and if you're married and if you have kids this is comedy for you. Trust me. It is. Um, <laughs> and there's still one I go back to about, you know, talking about um, jamming out to a princess tune. <laughs> like it's something good. <laughs> and Steven's alter ego screaming down from above going, we stood in line for Springsteen three times. <laughs> Guys, trust me. It, Steven is good. It, it's legit. And obviously, you know, I, I know most of you all are similar to our age, married with children. You will get it. You will enjoy it. We're going to put a bow on this here. Uh, make sure you're checking at Brown's Mock Draft. Make sure you look out for that at 15, Stephen 15. Um, yes, I will plug the hell out of it just like I do for any of my friends here on social media. Um, the Lockdown Browns account, Browns account, follow back. Uh, DMs are open. Um, guys, I got a lot of free time on my freaking hands here. So feed me stuff. You want it on the show? That's great. Um, you know, I've recorded already three times today. I don't care. I, uh, it's a good time. It's a good break of the day. Um, I can only wash my hands so often anyway without losing skin. So there is that going for me. Um, uh, follow me at uh, personally uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well. Ratings, reviews, whether it's Spotify, whether it is iTunes. Guys, drop those for me. Okay, it's been a fantastic day here. The numbers are through the roof. I know everybody loves this time of year. We've been trying to give you all you can. We'll get Pete here and again, but Pete's got his own baby now, and he's got to take care of his baby, his business over there at SI.com. So we're just trying to make things, you know, line up when we can and when we bring him in, you know, and these defensive guys, trust me, he's going to gloat. So when he comes back, trust me, he's going to gloat. That's going to happen. 
Um, I might mute myself and go out and you know, run to the food store, come back, and Pete will still be here going. Um, but appreciate everybody. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. I appreciate you being locked in with Locked On Browns. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.